When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Jordan dives into the minds of fascinating people, from athletes, authors, and scientists, to mobsters, spies, and hostage negotiators, all with the noble cause to make you a more informed, critical thinker to operate better in today's world. Jordan's also got a fun weekly segment, Feedback Friday, where he covers advice on everything from escaping a cult or psycho family situations to relationships and networking to even just asking for a raise. Point blank, Jordan Harbinger is smart, funny, and easy to listen to. You'll be pressed to find an episode without excellent conversation, a few laughs, and actionable advice that can directly improve your life. You can't go wrong with adding The Jordan Harbinger Show to your rotation. It's incredibly interesting. There's never a dull show. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukaki, your host. Having completed their quest in Winchester, our heroes are packing up and hitting the road once more. But will their pasts finally catch up with them? Where could they possibly go next? Will their next friend hate Quinny like so many before? Find out next. On Dumb Dumbs and Dragons! Before our session began, our dungeon master pulled aside Quinny to have a private conversation while all of the other players had left the room or were listening to music on an iPod while supervising audio levels. So now you get to hear what only those two shared before the journey truly began. So after your uh, adventures in Winchester, you know, you're all feeling pretty good. And Mm -hmm. you all stop off at a tavern uh, on the road on the way uh, back to Fendelver. Everyone's enjoying, celebrating. Something about Mudbutt always puts you guys in a bit of a party mood, which is why, uh, you know, your your friends are off, uh, buttholes off entertaining people. Um, Alan's made a couple of friends with new humans who uh, she's trying to learn things from. Goblin Jr. is very happily uh, ensconced in a corner uh, with his bowl full of mead, which is why you're particularly surprised, Quinny, when you feel a tap on your shoulder. You turn around to see sort of a uh, tall, gaunt woman, looks a little worse for the wear, who you don't recognize, who says, Quinny Brownbottom. Uh, it's Brown Barrow. Don't care, Quinny. Who are you? She kind of like rolls her eyes and says, listen, you don't know me, and obviously I don't know you, but well, yeah, we share tell. friends in common, and she rolls up her sleeve and she has the, uh, the same tattoo that you have on your back. She says, I trust you understand what this means, yes? Yeah. Well, the unseen hand does not forget favors owed or favors due. Oh, I'm paying off God. mine by talking to you. She pulls the case out and kind of puts it by your feet and says, uh, the, uh, the council has finally decided to call in your favor. It would seem you have a traveling companion, a uh, cleric, Bobbert Tingler, I believe he goes by Butthole Farch now. Bobbert? I didn't name him. <laughs> His name is But. <laughs> oh, man, whoever you are, thank you so much. She opens the bag, takes out a knife, and puts it down in front of you. I oh, understand you have funny. other traveling companions. I don't care particularly what happens to them, but you are to bring the cleric back. Uh, return him to the people seeking him. You'll find instructions inside the bag. It's to be done immediately. Otherwise, and then she rolls up her other sleeve and you know she's missing a hand. And she says, we both know what happens when you disappoint the unseen hand. She leaves the bag and uh, exits. I collect the bag Mm -hmm. and and kind of squirrel it away under the folds of my cloak. 
Cool. Obviously, this is of great concern to you. Uh, it's a favor uh, from your prison days, which, uh, as you know, can... Prison favors, man. They carry a pretty high price. Yeah. Uh, so you find yourself in a bit of a, uh, a quandary. So the question then to you, Quinny, is do you attempt to follow the instructions on the sheet and capture Butthole, or do you choose to run? Mm. I, uh, I take a look at the sheet. Is there anything that I would notice... Uh, besides the instructions written on here or anything like that? It seems to be very clear that the fate of the companions doesn't affect the Unseen Hand whatsoever, okay. but uh, that Butthole is to be brought to, and it, you know, they've got very specific instructions of kind of a drop-off point, Right. but he's not to know that he's being taken there, and what befalls him after that is not your concern. Okay. Man. No, nobody tells me what to do. Great. So in thinking about what you can do, you know that the Unseen Hand has eyes everywhere. Mm. You know, they, you've encountered uh, people with that same sigil near Fandelver. You're afraid that Fandelver might not be covered. Mm. But you do know one person who might be able to get you and your friends to safety because you think it might be worth going underground, disappearing for a bit. So you uh, decide to write a letter to your old pal, not Peter Baelish, Oh, uh, yes. One of the greatest smugglers uh, you've ever met, uh, who you knew uh, just before your prison days. I haven't thought of Not Pete in a while. And so you send a message to Not Pete to meet you in the one place that you know of that's close enough that a bunch of people can disappear very easily. And that city, of course, is where your adventure began in the first place, City of Neverwinter. So you tell Not Pete to meet you there, and your next step will be having to convince your companions that Neverwinter should be your next port of call. Okay. It was at this point the rest of the group was summoned to begin the true D&D session proper. So, after Winchester, uh, you all started uh, back on your way home. But along the way, uh, you got a little bit tired, uh, you are ready to celebrate, so you all stopped in at a tavern. So, Quinny has been kind of off in the corner, lost in thought. Uh, Butthole, you've been entertaining the crowds. And, uh, Alan, ah, you, you, fart you, tricks! <laughs> and, Alan, you've made uh, a couple of new human friends who you are hey. currently chatting up about uh, their experiences as humans. Most people would consider both of them really boring humans. <laughs> but for Alan, they're pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm all One in. of them bakes bread. What? Uh, yeah, but we're you, best friends. You do notice, though, <laughs> that uh, that Quinny seems to be rather lost in thought uh, off in a corner. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably just sitting down at a, a table that like no one else is at, and I'm just shuffling my cards around. I'm just kind of keeping my hands busy. I very apologetically excuse myself from my new friends. Promise I'll be back. Please do not go anywhere. I will be right back. Just dear God, stay. And I go over to the corner where Quinny's in and kind of pull up a chair beside him and say, hey, dude, what's up? Uh, nothing. Just kind of thinking about, you know, where we go from here. I was thinking uh, maybe we should go back to Neverwinter, you know? Isn't Neverwinter, like, burnt down? No, no, that's, uh, that's Winchester. No, that's no, no. That's the city we just left. Wasn't there? <laughs> didn't Neverwinter, Are didn't you thinking we? of, of Thundertree? <laughs> Maybe it was Thundertree. We've not left many civilizations in <laughs> a state of good repair, but Neverwinter is one of the good ones. Uh, Neverwinter is, is where you began your adventure. <laughs> yeah. yeah the big city. Okay, all right, so it's still good. Hey, sure. I mean, how much time are you spending Neverwinter? Kind of showed up and then just left, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Alan, yeah. Uh, as I recall, you spent a night, uh, it was your first day in human civilization. That. You spent a night in a temple until uh, Carmine Falstaff found you. That's true. They were the first people who gave me shelter. So, look, you want to learn I'm about happy. people, check out Neverwinter. We should go there. On the other side of the happy room, I'm, I'm now shifting from like close up magic tricks with thaumaturgy to like <laughs> subtly weaving in more and more of a sermon about what Moonhammer is because I'm pretty determined if I get these guys loaded enough and do enough cool tricks, I'm going to have like a whole bunch of converts. <laughs> Roll me a uh, persuasion check. Ooh. That would be a grand total of six. So, um,. <laughs> I'm blowing farts directly into their face. I'm like, isn't it great? <laughs> they uh, smell horrible. What you can't currently know, but uh, what uh, the future and, and the narrator can know, is that by the end of the night, you've made several hard converts. Unfortunately, they were so shit-faced that when they wake up, they, they remember that they believe in something and that they smell bad, but they can't remember what it was. And do you know what? Moonhammer takes that as a win. <laughs> <laughs> Subconscious converts still count. Subconverts? Yeah. That is that is the term. Yes, great. So, Quinny, wh I mean, why do you want to go? It seems pretty sudden. Well, I mean, we've been doing a lot of kind of small town or ghost town stuff recently. And uh, <laughs> honestly, you know, I just I feel kind of out of my element. You know, I like big cities. I, I've, I've got a lot of friends in Neverwinter. I don't know. I'm a little homesick. Oh. We can definitely find work there. And 
old holier butthole over here can spread the good word of Moonhammer in a big city too. Yeah, he'd probably be pretty happy about that. There's libraries. Have you have you been to a library outside of your temple? Not outside of the temple at Neverwinter. And you guys see the libraries at Neverwinter. I mean, I've never been, but apparently they're pretty big. Okay, good call. Learn new spells. Let's do it. Perfect. So I look over at the other two and I'm like, hey guys, these guys just pointed it out. Never thought about it. If Moonhammer's a goddess, I bet she's got boobs. Isn't that cool? How many things she's got? I'm betting three. What's the over-under on boobs on a goddess? Are you asking me? Yeah. I'm ignoring you. <laughs> oh, okay. What about you, Al? I say that also, by the way. I, I say the words, I'm ignoring you. And then I, le- I lean over to the crowd of subconverts, and I'm like, hey, it's a bit we have. We're best friends. Yeah, they're pretty convinced. <laughs> you're best friends. So I'm like, oh, okay, guys. It looks, it looks like, I don't know for sure, but it looks like my friends have come to a decision over at a table. So I'll be back in a minute. And then I thaumaturgically create like two like like glowing butts on the table that just keep farting new smells to keep Jesus my subconverts amused. And I come over and I'm like, what's up, dudes? We're thinking uh, we'll head to Neverwinter. Uh, probably tomorrow morning we'll start out. Oh, yeah. I'm so on board for that. Honestly, that last letter I got from Fiddlesworth. It sounded like he was doing good, but then there was like a blood spray on it, and That's that right. makes yeah. me uncomfortable. <laughs> I completely forgot about Fiddlesworth. We so, should we should definitely check in with him. If too. we get there fast enough, I can heal him. Let's get there as fast as we can. All right, <laughs> great. <laughs> so, uh, having uh, come to a decision very quickly and <laughs> with great uh, fervor, um, you decide that as fun as the night's revels have been, perhaps it's time to uh, to pack it up. So uh, you all pay up your tabs uh, and head up to your rooms to get a good night's rest before you continue on your way. Uh, Quinny, um, as you get up from your seat, you notice there's a bag beside you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Upon closer inspection, you realize this is, in fact, a bag of holding uh, and seems to have several items inside. There seems to be a suit, sort of almost like a skin-tight suit um, that looks like it could be used for uh, acrobatics of some sort. Okay. Uh, You notice, though, that uh, even though it's got your name pinned to it, it's far too large for you, Mm. uh, but still far too small for butthole. Perhaps Allen-sized. You'll also notice there is a uh, a sort of a small pouch uh, inside which are some beans, Mm -hmm. which is pretty useless to you, but you do know a guy who likes beans, uh, as well as a uh, a tankard that uh, looks like it's for ale, but doesn't look too impressive otherwise. All right. I'm going to take these items up to bed with me, and I'll I'll think about it, and I'll see who gets what in the morning. Okay, great. After uh, a good night's sleep for most of you, you uh, arise in the morning and uh, start making your way back to Neverwinter. So uh, if you recall, uh, Neverwinter is a city that's up the coast from Fandelver. Uh, That's where you started your adventure. So you're able to take um, a a fairly well-fortified road, as, as was the case traveling to Winchester. You see adventurers of all sort of shapes and sizes along the road, as well as just kind of peasants going to and from their daily business. It is, as always, a gently humbling reminder that uh, although you've had some success, you fought some giant demon dwarf guys, you've yep. decimated armies of the undead, uh, there are still some pretty big fucking scary people out there, um, and uh, you're happy to stay out of their way. So Neverwinter is uh, one of the oldest cities in the Forgotten Realms, in this part of the Forgotten Realms, uh, although it has seen uh, harder times over the past few years, um, about... Uh, 150 years ago, there was a massive cataclysm that split a part of the, the town as the uh, same volcano which destroyed Thunder Tree, oh. uh, destroyed a large swath of, uh, of Neverwinter. Uh, however, in recent years, the city's been on a bit of an uptick. Uh, Lord Neverember, who uh, was kicked out of Waterdeep, uh, has taken over as Lord Protector, uh, okay. and sort of the self-styled mini-monarch of uh, Neverwinter. And, um, and I'm like, hey, Alan, I got like a history question for you, just as I'm thinking about the history of this town. So Lord Neverember... Was that his name before he ruled Neverwinter, or like, so was, did the Neverwinter come first or the Never Ember come first? Because if he named it after himself, simultaneously not cool, and I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know. I mean, Neverwinter, so the, like, the lake nearby doesn't freeze, so it's like never frozen, never winter, ah, because of the volcano, there's like, oh, Never Ember. I bet he's real Maybe bad at starting to do fires. With the volcano. Something to do with that, I'm sure. Or his fire never goes out. I bet he has depthless passion. Okay, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> you return to your inter- internal monologue about the history of Neverwinter. Return to silently traveling on this road. <laughs> yeah, um, for hours. So uh, all of you have uh, both uh, excite- or excitement and a little bit of trepidation about returning to Neverwinter since um, the last time you were here, you did all owe Carmine a favor and were kind of under his uh, under his thumb. Uh, but now you're returning as, uh, as free people, which is pretty exciting. As heroes. <laughs> I want to see Fiddlesworth. 
Do you want to do anything while you're traveling? Just going to travel in, in silence? I, I, I hand them uh, some some items that I found in this bag of holding. Hey, Ellen, uh, just look like it would fit you. And I toss her this cloak suit thing. Ooh, uh, sweet cloak. Yeah, does that look good? Because it's way too big for me. And I've already got one. So Yeah, where'd you get this? Uh, I just kind of took it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop ah! asking questions like I that. I would appreciate don't I? that, okay. Ellen, really. All right. I like you and I want you to like me, but we can't just... You can't keep prying into my life like this, no, Alan. No, no, okay. I figure at this point it's never going to return to its rightful owner, so Correct. I should just appreciate well, you're, it. You're the rightful owner. I look at those two, Done. and I'm like the studio audience of this argument where I'm just like adding in like timely laughs, <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> you go, Queenie. Um, Alan, you also, uh, as you you take it into your hands, have just the, the briefest flash of guilt remembering the uh, the various ingredients you stole from the, oh, the lion shield. Those herbs. Things. Yep, they, they, they haunt you. They're your telltale heart. Um, but uh, you accept the cloak uh, gratefully. And... Uh, Butthole, I got something for you, too. Ooh. Butthole, I and then swear I do like, to God. I do like a big sitcom entrance, so I'm like, are you talking about me? And then ah. there's like applause and excitement. It comes out of the woods. I've used thaumaturgy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I reach into the bag of holding, and I just pull my middle finger, and I flip off butthole. And then I do like a slow clap and yeah. like a nod of appreciation. Like, I'm like, well played, sir. Yeah. And then I give him uh, a tankard uh, and uh, a bag of beans as well. So these are actually for you. Oh, cool. And I like look at the tankard and I'm like, no, nah, that's nice. Oh, here. And tap, tap it. I, I, I tested this out up in my room. It's kind of weird. So, so I, I tap the tankard. So when you tap the tankard on the ground, it fills with ale. Ooh. <laughs> Quit it! Uh, and then I scoop them up in like a big bear hug. Like, no, no. And then no. I drink half the drink. Stop. And then I pour the other half of the drink into his mouth. <laughs> Goblin Jr. looks disappointed until he starts coughing. Then he, he gets the ale that you coughed up. Yeah, he's, we're very clean. But leave, leave the road untouched. Yep. Uh, and then I look at the bag of beans. I'm like, these are neat. And then I eat one. <laughs> and Tom winces. What do you think he would do with that? Line them up, Ryan. Tell me what happens with those beans. Okay, so it's a wondrous item rare. Uh, if we dump the whole bag at it, explodes. <laughs> if you remove a bean and plant it in sand or dirt and then water it, it produces an effect. One minute later, the DM rolls D100 for the result. It can include fruit or potions, monsters, water, beer, tea, or oil, like a geyser, or items of risk reward. Say anything about eating them? Listen, Butthole doesn't know this. That's just what I know because I got a card. Butthole ate a bean. <laughs> I thought they were explicitly for eating the whole time. I didn't even know he wasn't supposed to eat them. <laughs> Tom, head Whoops. and hands. I, uh, I spent uh, literally an hour and 20 minutes looking through every magic item in the DM's guide to find the one you could fuck up the least. <laughs> How many beans are in the bag? I think it should say on the card. I think you get 10. So it's like an owl bear just burst out of his chest. A day well, later or something. I mean, fuckity fuck, I'm gonna have to have a little think now, aren't I? <laughs> so, butthole, you've you've eaten a lot of beans in your travels, particularly back in your mercenary days. Uh, this oh, one doesn't yeah. seem it's kind of dry. Uh, it doesn't seem too spectacular. Just kind of sitting in your belly. You're a little disappointed by the result, uh, but um, you know, given that you are somewhat magically attuned, you do get the sense that like maybe there's something up with these beans, and maybe talking to uh, someone who's magically inclined about them might be a, a good idea at some point. So it doesn't taste good. Like I don't want to just eat the other. Night. No, you don't. I mean, it's like, it's like eating a dry bean. Like if you went oh. to like Bulk Barn and got like a bag of dry beans and you just ate one. Yeah, no, that's no good. They might yeah. be like maybe a stew. You feel hey. like a different butthole? Uh feels one bean heavier. Yeah, I feel like I'm. Very, very slightly fuller. Like, just so slight. Like, huh. like you know, you take the first bite of a meal, but then you stop eating. Right, right. It's mm. like half of that. Like a single bean. That sounds disappointing. Alan, what are, what are these beans? I ate one first, um, which seems like a poor choice. You roll me an arcana check? Yeah. yeah. 23 total. Given your sort of knowledge of herbs and, and other things, uh, there are certainly lots of tales uh, from various cultural groups about magic beans. And you get the sense that uh, given the wondrous nature of your cloak, the refilling tankard, that uh, it stands to reason that someone who's carrying around such wondrous items wouldn't be carrying regular beans, but wondrous beans. Right. Uh, so your guess is that uh, the beans are likely magical in nature, and um, you're not sure what kind of effect they would have when planted, but probably something crazy. And you recommend he doesn't spill them out because they might explode. But uh, I'm just saying, look, maybe we should be a bit careful with these beans, just, just given... 
that they came with other magical items and you know, we're just maybe not eat them. So maybe, I, be, maybe be careful. I had a handful of five beans that I was about to put in my mouth and then I'm like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and I put them back in a bag and I'm, I look at the bag and I like tap it and I'm like, you're going someplace special. Uh, and then I put it in my backpack. And I look at Goblin Jr. and I'm like, listen, I wanted to give you one, but Alan says no. And he's like, snarf, snarf. And I'm like, I know, Alan's really tough. He's just snarf. And I'm like, one day you're going to grow up and you're going to be able to eat all the magical items you want. But not yet. You're not big enough. And he's like, snarf, snarf. And then I pet him on the head and he's like, okay, we just go. How old do you think Goblin Jr. is, by the way? I know the answer to this. I just want to know what you think. Well, like butthole? He he thinks he's like two. He's right. (laughs) (laughs) Good guess. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that makes him like 15 and like wolfier, so he's like not even really able to drink, but Butthole's sort of like one of those enabling uncles where he's like, I'd rather you do it with me than with somebody else. So that's why they drink together in pubs all the time. Well, to be fair, he was also raised by goblins, so like also, ale is the least worst thing he's had yeah, to drink. Yeah, so he's like a weird, screwed up, like abused wolf thing, and that's why it's so wonderful that he's so lovely. Like, you know, some people rise above it, and that's definitely I'm him. I'm glad really flesh and Goblin Jr. I guess. <laughs> this is all just a, like a long pitch for my upcoming novel that you can get as an ebook on Amazon called The Goblin Jr. Chronicles. It's like a tie-in story. Oh, it's honestly, it's probably better than the source material. <laughs> Great. Uh, okay, so uh, aside from eating a bean, uh, you have a fairly uneventful trip. So you'll be coming up uh, on the uh, south side of Neverwinter. Um, Neverwinter, seen from the sky, almost looks like an eye. Uh, so it's sort of an oval-ish shaped uh, city. Um, there are four major entrances to it. You're going to be coming in from the southwest. You're going to be coming in from the southwest. Got it, got it. Um, so you'll be coming into the Protector's Enclave, which is kind of one of the nicer parts of town. Uh, it's near where the Hall of Justice is um, and uh, some of the nicer buildings. The Upside Down Hat, which was Carmine Falstaff's tavern, uh, is over in the... Listen, I don't even care where it is. I want to go. <laughs> so the Upside Down Hat Tavern, uh, you all remember, is over in the Chasm District, uh, which is where the uh, the great sort of rent in the earth was. Uh, Lord Neverember has managed to stop that up since then, so commerce is returning to that area. You get the sense that uh, Carmine's Bar was probably one of the, uh, the newer things that had been built there, and possibly a lot of the reclaimed wood he used was from broken buildings from the surrounding area. Right, okay. So in the district you're in right now, the Protector's Enclave, uh, there are a number of kind of notable areas. Uh, there's the Hall of Justice, uh, which is sort of the large hall of justice uh, in the area. It's ah. where uh, people stand trial. It's also where people are, are kept in jail. Uh, there's the Moonstone, which is kind of an upscale restaurant uh, that um, isn't the kind of place, Alan, that you would have even necessarily heard of. Um, mm. You might know of it, but it's this is such like a, a kind of a, a fancy upscale thing that it wouldn't even really register for you. Right. Um, Butthole, it's the kind of place that you would hate, so you don't really go there. But uh, Quinny, you definitely heard of it. I used to bust tables there, steal the silverware. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> you know that uh, there's an air of enchantment around the place. And yeah, anyway, it's, an, it's sort of the upscale place. Neverwinter used to have three major bridges connecting it. Uh, it's bisected, the entire town's bisected by a river. Two of the bridges were destroyed in the Cataclysm, so the Dragon Bridge and the Dolphin Bridge are gone, but the Wyvern Bridge is still uh, there, and it's beautifully sculpted. It's a true architectural masterpiece, uh, and it's a shame the others were destroyed. Castle Never was destroyed in the disaster as well. It's a little bit to the north. Well, uh, I mean, that sort of makes sense with the name, though. Castle Never. True. Yeah. It wasn't Castle Forever. Nor was it Castle, it was castle sometimes. built to survive an earthquake. Yeah. Oh, Castle Sometimes. I think we would like to pitch <laughs> Castle Occasional. Name. Yeah. There's the uh, the Driftwood Tavern, which is more uh, your kind of jam butthole. It's, uh, it's got a reputation as kind of a, a warm, comfortable uh, tavern in town. There's the Ooh. Beached Leviathan, which is a uh, tavern in an old upended ship. Oh, nice. Uh, to the north is the Black Lake District. Uh, still kind of swanky, but a little bit more working class. In the east end of town, uh, there's the Fallen Tower Pub, which is a notorious pub in the area. It was uh, built in an old wizard's tower and is known for its uh, various uh, magical comings and goings. Mm. Uh, it's a, kind of a fun place to hang. Uh, as well as the Cloak Tower, which is named for a magical group that used to live in town. Alan, you've definitely heard about these guys. The tower disappeared for a number of years before magically reappearing in uh, Neverwinter. Oh, it has a cool. reputation as, as a bit of a mysterious landmark. Uh, and then, of course, there's the uh, Upside Down Tavern in the Chasm District, which is in the southeast corner. So uh, you've just arrived in town. Uh, it's the uh, the afternoon. It's, uh, it's a busy day. A lot of commerce coming in and out of, uh, of Neverwinter. Where do you want to go? 
where do you guys want to go? I've got some uh, some personal business to attend to. I, I just want to know where to meet you later. I want to go. I need to go to a store and get a gift. And then I need to go back to Carmine Falstaff's Upside Down Hat Place. And I need to go see Fiddlesworth and give him a present. Because I've been on the road for too long. And I missed him. Mm. I want to check out this cloak tower. The big question that every DM loves asking their players, are you going to split the party or are you going to go about your business together? I want to do my business privately. I want to split off from those two at least. I don't know if we want to go like a three-way split, but... Alan, do you want to go? Be, I, I like go company. Solo. Alan and I will go visit yeah. Carmine and Fiddlesworth, and then we'll go over to the, the Cloak and Dagger. Cloak Tower. Close enough. <laughs> it's our new Gundren. <laughs> the new magic bar. <laughs> uh, okay, great. Do you know what? I'm like, Alan, do we have anything that would work as a present on us? we got to have something between the two of us that could get um, Fiddlesworth. Let's see. I got that toe-key schematic thing. Well, I mean, if you don't want it. let's. Co- no, I want it. Maybe write a copy. Yeah, why don't we write a copy? <gasps> we can do that. Yes. Okay, so I, I, uh, I'm like, Alan, do you want to do it or should I do it? I'll do it. Okay, perfect. So <laughs> I, I, she does that, and I teach Goblin Junior some new like fart commands that I'll reveal later. <laughs> I like go into, I go into an, I go into an alley, and I'm like teaching tricks, and I'm going to show the rest of the group when I come up with what they are later. <laughs> Tom is again shaking his head. Uh, uh, I'm just, and I'm still making room for that bean to come out. Uh, I'm just so, so afraid that the trick is going to be like, look, I taught Goblin Junior to eat bees. <laughs> Listen, I don't have bees, so yeah. I can teach him that in theory, but I don't know how it's going to work out. <laughs> it's an academic lecture. Yeah, at this point, it's purely theoretical. Mm, gotcha. Like I'm doing like a TED talk to Goblin Junior about tricks I could teach him. Awesome. Yeah, yeah you can don't be, be a foolish, dog Tom. Hide, the fart cleric who worships a butt god is only going to teach his pet wolf named after a goblin. Regular tricks. Yeah, I know. Sorry, that's on me. Uh, when Sick will I of your learn? Flights of fancy. <laughs> All right, so we're 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 doing that, and then whenever the copy's ready, we'll go over. Okay, great. So well, uh, you're copying that out. Uh, all right, uh, Quinny, what are you doing? I think I know the city of Neverwinter fairly well. Okay, I do have an ability called uh, Criminal Contact, which right. reads, "I know someone who can connect me with other criminals." Uh, and so I think I want to kind of put my feelers out and find out where my old friend, not Peter Baelish, might be hanging cool. around. Who's uh, who's your criminal contact at Neverwinter? One of my good friends from back in my prison days. We call him One-Eyed Stink. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices if people were outside of the U.S. were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. Snarf, 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 snarf. Wait, Goblin Jr., slow down. You're not wearing your translation amulet. Oh, hey, that's much better. Hi, I'm Goblin Jr., uh, beloved wolf companion of the Dum Dums and Dragons crew. And uh, listen, if you're enjoying our adventures, our, our snarfy fun, uh, you know, the adventures of, of Butthole and Quinny and Alan and Juniper and Bucky and all the rest, well, uh, listen, you'd really be doing us a solid if you'd go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. And hey, you know, if you want to help us on our adventures, uh, for as little as a dollar a month, uh, you can gain access to uh, Snarfy Discord and talk to all sorts of other fans about the shows. Uh, and you know, it just goes up from there. You can get ad-free feeds. You can uh, add your own characters. Uh, hell, you can even make an NPC at the $25 level. And you get your name in the credits at the end, which is which is a lot of fun, I'm told. Anyway, uh, you know, I don't know too much just being a wolf and all, but uh, what I do know is if you enjoy our adventures as much as uh, me and the crew like going on them, well, Patreon's a great way to help out. Uh, anyway, I'll uh, see you around, and I'll take this stupid amulet off. Snarf, 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 snarf. 
of the oh. New Hampshire stinks, right? Yeah. Old one-eyed stink. Is that right. uh, where's one-eyed stink hang out? Never winter. Um, I know for sure he's going to be by the Wyvern Bridge because he's, he, he runs a pretty good pickpocket game. And with all the foot traffic going across one bridge now, I know that's where he's most likely going to be with all those people kind of bunched together. Okay, excellent. So um, you sort of stealthily make your way up towards the uh, the Wyvern Bridge. Mm. And um, sure enough, you see there's definitely large groups around. Uh, roll me an investigation check. Investigation? Okay. 17. 17. As you're making your way up, you know, you're, you're listening to the crowd and everything mm-hmm. else. You notice there's, there's sort of a lot of commotion. Uh, it seems that there are a lot of people, like, scrubbing the bridge and really trying to, like, clean it up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people, you know, like, climbing the statue and using rags and stuff to, to wipe it down. What you hear from the conversation from those people is that it seems that there are some investors in town. And uh, Lord Neverember is really, really anxious about it and has everyone on sort of their best behavior uh, largely because they're uh, they're big investors from uh, Waterdeep, which is a much larger city nearby that uh, Neverember used to uh, be a lord of, and uh, it seems that um, he there's a big campaign in town right now to encourage investment uh, back into Neverwinter now that it's kind of back on its feet now that mm. the chasm's been plugged up, and he's hoping that with their investment they might be able to rebuild the Dolphin Bridge and the Dragon Bridge so everyone's on their best behavior. So just kind of trying to like clean up the town, clean up the town, but specifically beautify the the bridge district so that it looks like oh look like everything was fine it just got a little damaged it'd be very it's still good it's still good. Why does Lord Never Ember remind me of the mayor from RoboCop? <laughs> You, you caught me. This entire campaign is just RoboCop. Punchline is you just need gotcha. to fire the guy. So just remember that for Perfect. later. Just say you're fired and then like, bitches out. Um, anyway. Uh, Did you just say bitches out? The correct line, sir, is bitches leave. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, bitches fuck. out. What a... <laughs> it's a quote with two words and you got one wrong. <laughs> well, because you knew that it was bitches leave, you're the DM now. <laughs> As they say, the force is yours now. That's right. <laughs> Well, good luck, Tyler. God bless us. Most of us. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. A portal opens. Ed 260 comes out. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. So um, you're able to uh, pick out uh, your old pals. Stink eye. Oh, one-eyed stink. One-eyed stink. Dear God. Uh, you're able to uh, identify old one-eyed stink uh, pretty easily, uh, both from his one eye and from his stink. <laughs> Well, you make your way towards him. Uh, how do you approach him? I think I kind of like zero in on him. Mm-hmm. I think I, I would think if he's uh, if he's working, so to speak, he's probably scanning the crowd. And so when we lock eyes, give sort of like a subtle nod kind of thing, and uh, and hope to uh, you know perhaps meet in a more discreet location so that two uh, ne'er do wells can have a conversation. Sure. He uh, he winks with his one good eye, and then uh, just blinks. Then yeah. <laughs> Or you can tell me he opens and closes his eye socket. I don't know. But. <laughs> like, I mean, you're taking that. You're taking that becoming the DM thing to heart. Right? <laughs> I yell across like, I don't know what that means. One-eyed stink. I, are you so, blinking at me? So he reaches up. He keeps his good eye open and he uses both hands to blink his socket eye at you repeatedly. Oh, I gotcha. And I wink back. He's going to give you so much help. <laughs> um, so he uh, he lifts the purse that he was uh, in the process of stealing when this happened, and uh, he kind of like uh, gestures off the left. Seems like off near the uh, the Dragon Bridge, there were sort of a number of benches and sort of various places you could uh, sit and have a right, right. discreet conversation. Okay, cool. Hey, uh, good to see you again, Stink. Oh, yeah, you really had to do the wink gag again? Really? We're going down that road again? <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. Uh, old cell block Quinny. Yep. <laughs> Same as ever. Hey, uh... What's going on with all the uh, spit polish going on on the bridge? Oh, yeah, yeah. The uh, the big boss man's uh, looking to get some money, hoping to rebuild the other two bridges, which would be terrible for business. The boss man, you say? Are you going on the straight and narrow, working no, for the city no, of Neverwinter? No, Okay, sometimes, sometimes. Honestly, it's like thieving. Just the same. Honestly, their corruption goes high here. Everyone from... Me, you know, City Watch, the judges, you know, I've heard, I've heard lots of things. And I got to tell you, there's oh. some, uh, it's a land of opportunity here Sounds right now. Lucrative. It is, it is. Hey, uh, speaking of which, um, have you seen uh, Not Peter Baelish around here? Not Peter Baelish? Yeah. Well, Not Pete. Not Pete. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Not Pete uh, just got into town. Uh, I haven't, haven't seen him in uh, 
quite a long time, but uh, yeah, in town now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arrived uh, just a couple days ago. We had a couple drinks at the old uh, at the 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 Leviathan. You know the uh, the Beach Leviathan. You've been to that bar? I I know the Beach Leviathan. Oh yeah, yeah. We had uh, we had some good times there. Uh, Fleeced a couple of people. You know, I gotta tell you, not Pete. Still the best damn dice player I've ever seen. Okay, okay. With my one eye, you piece of shit. Yeah, well, (laughs) you brought that one up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fine. (laughs) All right. Hey, thanks, uh, thanks a lot. We should get a drink sometime. Yeah, that sounds good, but uh, I assume you're buying since I helped out. Yeah, fair enough. That kind of pissed me off a little bit. So as I get up to leave, I, <laughs> I use both fingers to kind of do like the ICU kind of movement, and I just say, see you around, one eye. Uh, he holds up a coin he pilfered from you, puts it in a socket, blinks it, and says, see you around, Quinny. And I walk away, and I'm like, that's so fucking cool. <laughs> God damn. One eyed stink. Uh, meanwhile, what you don't see is he then like pulls it out and is like blinking repeatedly. He's like socket eyed, like, ow, ow, why do I keep doing this? Oh, I hope he thinks I'm cool. Cool. So you guys have successfully transcribed your you're doing the Toki schematic from uh, yeah, we're, we're Uncle Jim Jim and yes, for our listeners. Uh, yes. So uh, you successfully copied that out. Uh, what do you do? All right, so we're gonna go to the upside down top hat. See what's up. Great. <laughs> so uh, as you walk into the Chasm District, you notice that uh, since you were last here, it seems to have experienced a, a decent amount of growth. Uh, there seem to be a lot of sort of new storefronts trying to open. Yeah. So uh, a number of repurposed buildings. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. The biggest shift you notice is that uh, as opposed to last time when you were still kind of lost in the world, particularly Alan, having just come out of the temple and um, just being the big city for the first time. You find you're you're both standing a bit taller. This uh, this is particularly you, Alan. I mean, Butthole, you, you'd been in cities as a mercenary, but you both feel a little bit more grounded. You you've seen some action. You've seen you've had some experiences. I met some humans. Met some humans. Met some dwarves. <laughs> Saw them naked. It was good. It was good. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like I brought things back from the dead. <laughs> what the fuck does this town got? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you walk up to the uh, upside down hat, and uh, you notice that the uh, the hat, the big like wooden hat that was over the door. Uh, has been cleaved in two and is uh, one part still nailed up, but the other part is uh, by the door. The door seems to be off its hinges. Well, we know what to do here. And I kick the other half of the door open and I'm like, what's <laughs> up, motherfuckers? <laughs> uh, inside, you... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that, not the sound of a creaky door opening. It was Laura's dismay. <laughs> that could literally be the theme song to this show. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, motherfuckers? Mm. <laughs> Um, so uh, the, the the half door uh, flies in, and uh, as it does, you see that the um, the previously uh, hipster charm of the upside down hat has been fairly roughed up. Uh, the tables seem to be in all manner of disarray. It seems like there was uh, quite a disturbance that happened in here. But directly in front of you, there are two thugs just kind of like looting through, who seem to be kind of like wrapped in brown rags, and they both stop, look up at you, go, "Oh shit!" And I look at them, and I go. All right, boys. And I unlimber Moonlight Bringer and I unlimber my shield and Goblin Jr. is next to me and Alan's over my shoulder. I'm like, I think you two should take a knee. <laughs> Roll for initiative. Oh, man, I went to the wrong place. I'm missing out on cool fights. Yeah, remember the DM was like, hey, <laughs> want to split the party? <laughs> my initiative is a seven. Four. We are so fucking fast in that I'm talking when we should have been fighting. <laughs> The thug who yelled, oh, shit, sort of like shakes his arm and uh, out of his sleeve drops a particularly nasty. It, it was one of those things that used to come as an accessory with the Ninja Turtle action figures all the time. It's basically like if brass knuckle, it's like a trench spike, like if brass knuckles had like a, a spike a on the end. Nice. Yeah, like a, a spade. So he drops one of those into his hand and he just leaps at you, butthole. Um, and I raise my shield, but simultaneously I'm like, cool knife, bro. <laughs> uh, and as he uh, as he's in midair, he starts reaching for the top of your shield like he's going to try and pull himself over and stab you in the eye. And I chuckle because I'm like, no way. Your AC, good sir. My AC is 20. Holy shit. God damn it. I'm wearing plate mail, baby. He kind of reaches up to try and get over your shield, uh, but you just raise your shield as he Slightly does Slightly higher, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so rather than going over it, he kind of lands full body on it, trying to like stab up and over, but uh, you're basically holding, suspending his weight in the air as he tries to uh, stab at you. Butthole, you're up. You have a man stabbing at you over a shield. So I, I want to do like a, a two move. I'm going to try to murder this guy real fast, so maybe the other guy will surrender. I want to take the shield that I'm holding him on, and I want to body slam him to the floor with it, and with the other hand, I want to crush his skull with my with Moonlight Bringer. So, I mean, normally, no. Escalated quickly. 
But for awesomeness sake, yes. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, so um, you're going to roll uh, a strength check, please. He's going to try and oppose you. My strength check was a four. His strength check is also a four from a roll two. <laughs> um, so you try and like slam him down. Uh, as you sort of come up, he manages to kick off a wall. Uh, so you find he's still kind of on the shield. Well, fine. I'm just going to crush his skull hammer between the hammer and the shield. I, I do well with skull crushing. Go ahead. 20. Not a nat, but a 20 total. Uh, yes, that will hit. Eight damage. And I say after that, you can stop now and just ne- kneel. Like, take a knee, bro. Like, this is fine. I just wanted to talk. Dead rats don't kneel, motherfucker. That's uh, your name? Uh, you uh, went with dead rat? I Listen, I know we're fighting, but like... Dude. The guy behind him yells, no, dead rats with an S. And he fires a uh, crossbow bolt at you. <sighs> he fails to hit because your armor class is dirty. <laughs> <laughs> and then I look up at him and I'm like, it doesn't matter how you spell it. Rats? Spelling matters. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, <laughs> scholastic gang of Neverwinter. Yeah, they're, they're entirely funded by book orders. Oh. <laughs> all right. Uh, so Alan, to you're educated. Up. <laughs> all right. Um, so all of this lecturing by butthole over the last few weeks about, you know, maybe leaving our prisoners alive so we can interrogate them. It's really taken hold. So I, um, I pull out my spider staff. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to cast web on uh, the other guy who who just pulled out his his crossbow bolt. Great. Um, so he has to save on a dex uh, saving throw. He has to succeed on a dex saving throw. And uh, what's the difficulty there? A fourteen. So you uh, whip your staff out epically, without trying to think too too much about the black spider because fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, you kind of reclaim it. You fire off a web in a kind of remarkable classic Forgotten Realms playwright John Woo style. <laughs> He kind of like flips sideways ah. as he's reloading his crossbow. You realize that uh, these guys are rather nimble. Ah, shit. And uh, he lands and kind of like nods to you with sort of a, really? Okay, wow. so we just got like a mass of webs. <laughs> yeah, there's a mass of it's webs like on the table. beside him now. You feel a little bit bad about that, but honestly, the place looks like shit right now. Yeah. And it's really just more for Fiddlesworth to clean up later. So This guy is schooling you in two different ways. Think about that. Says I, the I'm voice so, of Quinny yeah. in your head. Yeah. I was yeah. say, I'm so glad we left attack. him somewhere else. Uh, top of the round, uh, Trench Spike is uh, still up on top of you. He's going to try and stab over the shield. As he does so, because everything's happening concurrently, the Trench Spike gets caught by the web as it flies by and gets ripped out of his hand because he rolled a one. You, you feel his uh, suddenly Trench Spikeless hand kind of like slap off your, your big bald head, but it's not... There's no strength in it. It's just a thing that happens, and he seems a little bit embarrassed by it. Yeah, that I, is how I Tyler would fight. Yeah, I I giggle Weak like like a, like a high pitched guttural giggle where I just this is the funniest fight ever. I'm like, <laughs> you guys do backflips, but you suck. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just yell Moonhammer, and I try to body slam him to the floor and pin him in place. All right, strength check, please. I get a total of four. What right. is going on? All right, so uh, you try and raise him up as you do. Now that he's got two free hands, <laughs> he, uh, he grabs a, a rafter and uh, he attempts a kick at your head. He manages to hit you miraculously. Well, I don't wear a helmet, so I mean that's my fault. <laughs> uh, you'll take uh, four points of damage. Oh yeah, and then I yell, "Smoke it, bitch!" <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I got hit in the head. My head's really spinning right now. Uh, cool, which brings us to uh, the guy with the crossbow. Uh, now that he's sighted Alan, he's going to fire at you. Oh, shit. This is a particularly talented thug. Because not only did he roll a 20 on his dodging, he also rolled a 20 to hit. So you are going to take... Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, Alan, you're going to take 10 points of damage from his heavy crossbow. Okay. He reaches for Bolt to reload. He's kind of doing that, you know, that uh, thing that, like, villains who are actually good at shooting in action hero movies do where they, like, stand in the open and reload and then John Wick shoots them nine times? He's doing that thing just before John Wick shoots them nine times. He is berry peppering it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Alan, uh, he just got shot squarely in the shoulder with a crossbow Okay. I look back at Alan and I'm like... No more fucking around. Yeah, no, I'm I'm there already. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> and then I just look at Alan and I just say, I love you so, so much. I just, I, so I'll, I'll run up to this fucker and I'm going to grasp his arm and I'm going to attempt to cast Vampiric Touch All right. on him. Oh, uh, we so haven't seen this shit before. On, um, yeah, this, so this is what I, I learned when I when I became a, a level five wizard. It's one of the spells I learned. Noise. So cool. I like to imagine that that's what Alan's saying as she grabs his arm. <laughs> like, this is what I learned when I got better at things. There's no levels in fantasy. <laughs> 
So I haven't done a lot of these, so I have to make a melee spell attack. Okay. So that's a total of 22. 22, yep, that, that will definitely hit. Okay. So, she grabs him by so his throat. <laughs> and uh, so he's going to take four necrotic damage, and I'm going to heal by two. Oh, okay. At the same time. Do you, you heal like half damage you deal? Yeah. Nice. You see the uh, the flesh on his arms start to kind of turn gray, and it seems like all the blood's draining out of it, and uh, <laughs> you feel... <laughs> You're scaring me. Uh, <laughs> you laugh like a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. You feel something both horrible and wonderful. It's it's like uh. your body's just had like a jolt, and uh, you know suddenly colors are a bit more vivid, um, smells are... I mean, the place smells terrible. But so like, I'm high. Kind of. And uh, for the briefest moment, your eyes flash red. Rad, which brings us to the top of the round with the now unarmed guy hanging from the rafters. <laughs> he's going to aim another kick at your head because why not? He will miss. And then he's going to use his movement uh, to drop in front of you. And he's kind of got his hands up in like a... So the moment he hits the ground, I'm going to go... Burp, 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 and Goblin Jr. is going to tackle his fucking ass so I have advantage. And then I am going to summon a spectral hammer and... With my own hammer, we are both going to swing at him from both sides. So really well before. Yeah, I, I, I'm done fucking around. Like Alan's getting hurt. I don't like it. The uh, Moonlight Bringer is a 24 total. Yeah, that'll hit. And then for the Spectral Hammer, 19 total. That will also hit. Yep. I do six damage total. Okay. And the Spectral Hammer does. 12 damage radiant. As is often the case when you swing both hammers at the same time, he's got his hands up like kind of in front of you. So he's able to kind of bat away the first hammer, but in doing so leaves himself wide open to the second one, which squishes his head in half. And he, he falls is he okay? No, he's not. He's not. He's really not. He's not great. <laughs> and the rats okay? don't have a great health plan and it's hard when you're dead. So. I look over to the other dead rat and I point right at him and I say, two hammers are better than one. No one was arguing that. <laughs> okay, which brings us to that guy. Yeah, so he's going to use his free action to drop his crossbow and he's going to have to use his action to draw his knife. So that's that's all he's got. Okay. And I just look at him and go, points for determination, but man, you're dumb. <laughs> I don't have a high intelligence, okay? God. Uh, all right, uh, Alan. I'm just, I'm going to keep going with the vampiric touch. Try to weaken him some more. And he's going to take 10 necrotic damage, and I'm going to oh, heal damn. for five. That's awesome. So the sort of gray nature of his arm starts spreading. His arm starts withering. As you're grasping it, you feel the muscle matter wither away. You can start to almost grasp the bone. Oh, my um, goodness. And uh, you feel strong. You feel powerful. You feel damn good. He kind of looks <laughs> at you with, like, nervous eyes, but uh, still <laughs> with a shaking hand brandishing the dagger, which brings us to Butthole. All right, I'm just going to try to tackle him. Like, I'm just going to sprint across the room and be like, surrender in the name of Moonhammer, and then just use myself as a giant 240-pound steel-wrapped tackle hammer. A total of... Let me is double it, check this. Four? I just want to be sure. It is four. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I can't wait for this word picture to be painted as you come running at it. <laughs> Butthole, you come running in as a, as a good old-fashioned tackle hammer. Um, and then uh, just right, like, in, if we're doing the slow motion run-up, like, you've got, like, sort of the, the, the glee of battle as you charge. But then all of a sudden, Alan turns and looks at you with this horrible grin, and her eyes are red. And you can see the arm withering in her hand. And it's so horrifying to you that you stumble and, uh, and miss your tackle. And then I realize, oh shit, this guy might be better off dead. Uh, and I just send the spectral hammer in to finish him as a bonus action. 21 total. Yep, that'll hit. 12 damage radiant. Great. As it hits him, like, again, keeping with our slow motion, the hammer kind of comes spinning across the room and, and he kind of locks eyes with you. And right before it hits him, he says, thank you. And then it's cut off as the hammer like crosses his jaw, rips it off, and he falls to the ground dead. Is he uh, okay? The arm comes off in Alan's hand. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. And I have like fallen to the left. Like if, if you saw it solely from that guy's perspective, he sees me running towards him and then like, ooh, gross. Uh, and then I shift to the left and the hammer just filled the space and hit him. So I like reach out and I take the hammer and then I like pretend to put it in my backpack and then it disappears. And then I take my hand out again to show Alan and I'm like, ooh, and I roll my fingers. I'm like, magic. You suddenly hear uh, several horns, uh, like proper like that aren't farts for once. Butthole. <laughs> Don't care for them. From outside. And um, all of a sudden, like two of the windows burst in. 
And uh, through the front door comes the biggest fucking scariest looking paladin you've ever seen. Beside him is a, a thin wizard who says, you see, you heard what he said, right? And the paladin says, yes, I heard enough. And he pulls out a huge flaming sword. He points at you and he says, in the name of the Lord, you are under arrest for crimes against Neverwinter and for starting the cult of the Moon Knights. All right. So I raise my hands slowly (laughs) and I look down at Goblin Jr. and I look at Alan and I just say, Run. <laughs> this episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, our special guest, and our DM Tom McGee at McGee TD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. So hey everybody, uh, you may have noticed that uh, our characters received a magical bag full of magic items today that seem uh, seem to have just pop up out of nowhere. Uh, if you want to find out what the backstory on those items were, pop on over to our Patreon campaign uh, and you can hear some free supplemental content uh, that'll give you just a little hint and a little taste of the kinds of things that are available over there, as well as giving you some valuable background on the magic bag. And you'll be able to see that no matter what. You don't have to be a subscriber. Just go on over, just gotta check have it the out. Internet. Yeah, yeah. Which I think you need to get this though. So I don't oh, think. Oh, uh, yeah. We don't send this podcast by mail yet. <laughs> but if you subscribe to our Patreon, <laughs> we will mail you this. Shoot one me word a message, a and we'll figure it out. And we'll once send you- that happens, you'll be uh, sponsored by Stamps.com. <laughs> Stamps.com. Never wait in line at the post office again. Yeah, use our use our punch in code. Mail me a podcast. <laughs> awesome. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. You found the heart! She found a key to the heart. On the quest of a lifetime, three best friends take on a harrowing journey. Your mind and body will be tested in these upcoming weeks, as well as your heart. Where more is at stake than a gift from the gods. Being with Albina and I is going to be weird. Not bad weird, just uh, different. Everything's different on the water. When new friends meet, you have an office? Where do you think I do all the pirate business? Pirates have business? It's a parchment nightmare. And family secrets are revealed. (sighs) We could be twins. Yes, I've noticed. This young crew of adventurers will learn what it takes to complete the deadly journey to the heart. It's not like an island could set a trap for us. What? Lightning fog? Are you kidding me? But is getting what they want worth losing what they have? I was happy with you and Charlie. Was? Look at us! How could I be? Journey to the Heart. Now available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Tune in each week and vote for where you think the story should go next.